0: So thankful, like really humbled, and it was totally unexpected for um, Dennis and April to decide that they were going to move to San Diego and that they wanted to be part of the Gathering Place Church in particular. So let's welcome Dennis as he comes and brings the Father's Day message today.
1: It's kind of an honor to be here and an honor to be able to share on Father's Day. When you have a great father right here, John, I was kind of humbled when he asked me, you know. And um, after he asked me, he called me, I think, a day later or whatever, and he says, you know, God has given me a word for Father's Day not to shame fathers or whatever. And I said, I already got it. You know, I pastored for almost 30 years. You don't need 10 ways to be a better father this morning. You don't need to be shamed. I would rather go by what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about fathers? There you go. I just heard that. <laughs> Can you put that up there? Uh, Silly. So, eh? No. Okay. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land The Lord your God is giving you. There's a promise there to live long, and it may go well by what? Honoring your father. Ephesians 6 in the New Testament repeats that, says the same thing about honoring. This morning I I feel like the Lord's going to lift some shame and guilt off some of the fathers this morning, and those that are watching on the Internet there. And um, I believe God's given me a word for you this morning. Um, There's a promise that you might, what, live long, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with what? There's a promise for you. Here's the promise. Here's verse 3, I'm sorry. Did I put in verse 3 for you? Probably not. probably left it out. Ephesians 6, 3. Good part out here. I do you have glasses here? So I can see. Ephesians 6, 3. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Isn't that a great promise? I call it a general promise. You know, it's not an absolute promise. You know, an absolute promise would be uh, it's counted unto man wants to die. That's an absolute promise. We're all going to die, right? But this is a general promise. And God wants you to live long. He wants you to be happy. And how you do that is honoring. In other words, that, that word honor in the New Testament gives great value to your father. Old Testament it talks about weight, the, the weight of, of, of valuing your, your father, and it's so important. So I'm going to give a little testimony about my father. I felt like the Lord wanted me to do that. And um, when I first got saved, it was over 50 years ago, I came from a really wild background. Uh, you know, I was a drug addict, and the rest got supernaturally saved. In fact, I gave my testimony here years ago um, Mark made me give my testimony so uh, and and uh, <laughs> so anyway I, I got supernaturally saved and but when I came to the Lord, I had the, all these problems with my sinuses. I was always carrying a handkerchief, I was blowing my nose all the time i was I these sinus problems, so finally, you know, I heard about healing I was freshly saved i didn 't know nothing about healing, so people would lay hands on me. And finally we heard about a healer that was across the bay and this big home study. So we went there, and he had a deliverance healing ministry. And I go, oh, good, man, I'm going to get delivered from this thing. you know. So I sat down. He was anointing people with oil, and he was a real tall guy, an older man. Uh, um, kind of scary looking, actually. And he looked down at me, and he goes, you hate someone. And I go, <clears throat> you know, I hate someone. I go, I hate the devil. I couldn't think of who I hated, you know. So I said, I hate the devil. he go, no, that's not it. (laughs) And I go, you know, so he he prayed for me that God would reveal this to me. You know, he didn't tell me who it was. And as soon as I got up, he says, you hate your father. I I do, I hate my father. Um, My father's with the Lord now. He got saved. I led him to the Lord before he died. It was just... Wonderful experience. And if I have time, I'll share that. I only have 35 minutes. Well, he gave me 30, but then he, uh, extra five, so I get an extra five. Oh, he did. Actually, I forgot to start my clock, so I get an extra 10 minutes. Look, 35, I forgot to start it, (laughs) hon. It's so important that your relationship with your father is honoring for your sake and for his. You know, I, 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 my wife had a, had a wonderful relationship with her father, and I didn't. And, and I've, I've watched the difference when, when we would be on like a little dispute or whatever. We'd go to church, and, and she'd go right in, you know. And I go, how does she get in there when I have to struggle? And, you know, half an hour later, I feel the presence of God. And the Lord showed me she had a great relationship with her father. Her father was actually an admiral in the Navy. But her and they were like one, you know. So even even our our relationship with God has a lot to do with honoring our father. So the first thing, you know, the Lord knew that I was going to be in ministry, that I was not only going to be a father, a grandfather. I have children, um, grandchildren. I also have children in the lord that i father around the world leaders and and god knew that i didn't know that but when i first got saved the lord first thing he hit me with was my father now my father would have shared this at alcoholic anonymous and stuff he was an alcoholic and and he was abusive and um, we, my parents split up a bunch of times and sometimes he'd go on binges we wouldn't see him for a month you know my mom had to go to work anyway there was a lot of negative things growing up, that I don't want to get all into, um, uh, you know. But um, it, it it was not a pleasant childhood with an alcoholic father. Um, so I, but I I couldn't forgive him. The way my mom was total sweetheart. I mean, I had the best mother in the world, and and you know. So I, you know, because I love my mom, I just. So I'd struggle, I struggled for about two months. Every day going before the Lord, God, I need to forgive my father. I, I can't take this. I, you know, And God was on me. Forgive your father. Honor your father. I mean, it was, you know, it was just like, I go, I don't know how to do that. I can't do that. I, 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 I don't know how. And then the Lord came in. The Holy Spirit came in. I mean, you know that Holy Spirit has power to deliver. Yeah. It wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit came in. This is what he said to me. He said, Can you wear your father's shoes? And I said, What do you mean wear my father's shoes? He says, Can you wear your father's shoes? And I said, What do you mean? My, my father was raised by an alcoholic father, his mom had complications. Had birth, so she was sick for the first five or six years of his life, didn't have a mother, and then she died. He had no brothers and sisters, had an alcoholic father. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, um, You have a great mother. He had none. I had an older brother. I could confide in. When you raise an alcoholic home, you can kind of confide in one another, you know, tell the secrets to one another. I've given you a great brother, given you a great mother. He had no one, no one. And the Lord fell on me, and I repented. I mean, I repented for my thoughts towards my father. And when I repented, I was totally healed. i have never had sinus problems since. Totally gone, and um, I didn't know I was going to be this emotional, um, and and so the Lord healed me, and then the Lord told me to go to my father and ask him to forgive me. I didn't even know where he was, you know. He was kind of wild, and you know, you know. But I found him. He didn't know how to answer, you know, you know me, and he, well, oh, yeah, 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 you know, like, please forgive me, Dad, and, you know, and he didn't know what to, you know, he didn't know how to answer and the rest, and, and um, a quick, a quick real story, and, you know, I prayed for my dad, my mom got saved, she was one of my secretaries, you, you know, it was wonderful, but my dad never got saved, he always rejected the gospel, till the end of his life, I was in my office, and I said, man, I feel I should go see my dad, he was in a veterans' home. And the, my secretary with the sermon said, you better go see him. So I went and saw my dad. I pushed him around in a wheelchair. He had emphysema bad. And so after two days, I said, what am I doing here? You know, I had a change of clothes. I was staying in an apartment related to the veterans home. And, and they said, uh, so, I, so I went to his doctor. And I says, doctor, is my dad going to die? You know, what am I hearing from the Lord? And he says, nah, he's probably got another year or so left. And I went, yeah, I'm going to go home the next day. So. I went to my, my dad, and I says, Dad, I'm going to leave tomorrow. And I, and, I, and I said, I know I've asked you this before, and he's always resisted me. I shared the gospel, shared about Jesus. And he looks at me and he says, I'm ready, yes, I'm ready. And I went, <laughs> I mean, I mean this, was, this was a tough Irishman, used to spar with the middleweight champion of the world, fought all the time. I mean, he was you know, a tough guy. You know? And he went yes, and I went, Wow. So we prayed, the presence of God was there. It was just I go, Man, my dad, God saved, this is gonna be great. I go home to the apartment that's related to the veterans home. Two hours later they call me and says, Your dad's gone. He was gone. The Lord took him home. But he answered my prayer. Sometimes it takes, you know, five minutes, sometimes it takes 25, 30, 40 years stay with it you're praying for your dad your sons your daughters now there's shame on some of the fathers that are listening to me right now because you didn't do things perfectly you didn't do things right well welcome to the club we have we have a perfect father who had backslidden children right god the father had adam and eve right So God wants to lift that shame from you because God doesn't think like we think. You see, I thought all the bad things about my father, my thinking wasn't proper. I thought, well, he did this and he did that and he did this. But you know what? The Lord renewed my mind and said, did he put up a basketball hoop in the backyard and showed you how to play basketball? And I went, that's right, I forgot about that part says yeah he did that did he take you hunting i used to have a hunting dog he showed me how to hunt properly shoot a gun and, and the rest and he sh- and i said i forgot about this see what the lord did and this is what the holy spirit is doing today with some of the father's he's renewing your mind of what is good what is acceptable what is lovely what is a good report concerning your father and concerning yourself Some of you shame yourself. It wasn't just the, you know, my kids are backslidden or my, you know, I didn't, my daughter won't talk to me or whatever else. So you're beating yourself up. That's not biblical. The Bible says to honor, give value, not only to your father, but if you're a father, to yourself. You hear what I'm saying? You don't beat yourself. It's not God's way. Philippians four says, "Whatever's lovely, whatever's of good report, whatever's excellent, let your mind dwell on those things." So the Lord renewed my mind to think of the basketball court, to think of the time he took me hunting. You know, we had uh, we had wooden du- ducks there, you know, in the blind, and he'd pick me up and pick up the ducks and choo, threw the ball. See, what God did was renewed my mind concerning my father over in the book of jude for some reason the lord took me to jude here when i was praying is jude up there do you have jude i don't know if i have. she's got it these people are grumblers. He's talking about evil people. The grumblers and fault finders, they follow their own evil desires. Let me let me say something real clear so you can hear. Fathers, especially. The Holy Spirit's not a fault finder. Come <laughs> on one time you know we'd get people in and they'd find fault with the church. John's never had that he's got a perfect church, You've never <laughs> so, you never. Know, so well, I'm here that's you know. and Mark for sure is perfect. You can just talk to him and find out how perfect he is so so <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Where was i oh fault finders so i i i I got this uh, these this couple that came into the church and they were. They told me what great worship leaders they were, and they were here and there. And I go, oh, well, maybe the Lord sent them or whatever else. But I noticed them uh, halfway through the service, whatever, they left. I go, I guess they didn't like the service or whatever. And he, then he, he emailed me, this was years ago, he emailed me five pages of how bad the church was. And I went, I, the Lord, I felt like the Lord said, don't read, just throw it out like you do everything else. Just throw it out. it's just <laughs> trash, it's trash just, you know, throw it out, you know, so, I, but instead I was kind of in a, not in a good place, and I read it, and I go, eh, eh, eh. And I wanted to eh, back, and so I didn't obey the Holy Spirit, I did eh, back, just, I didn't write five pages, I just gave him the book of Jude, I said, this is what I said, I said, Jude 1.16, thank you so much for leaving. We have enough fault finders in the church. That's all I said. That's it. You know, and then he wrote me back a 10-page letter. The Lord said, that's it. And so I didn't read it. You know, I, I, you know it was wrong of me. I realized that, but I just was irritated that day. I was in the flesh. What a guy, yeah. But here's what I want to say. It's the Holy Spirit looks for the best in fathers. Looks at the best in you. What, what has happened to you? What, what? What? God, God, the Father has got a bad rap here. You know, he's got a bad rap. When he's good, he's good all the time, and he's forgiving. His glory is full of forgiveness and the rest. He doesn't, you know. Uh, love love who he is covers what a multitude first peter 4 8 says it covers a multitude of sins that's god our father that's the holy spirit see the holy spirit didn't remind me of all the bad things my dad did the devil did that and my own mind and my own hatred did that but not god God reminded me of the basketball. God reminded me of the hunting. God reminded me of the good things that my father did. And that helped me, obviously, to forgive and honor him. I used to take my children to go see him. I you know, I did everything I could to, to honor him because, well, I'm kind of selfish. I want to live a long life and I want to live it well. You know, that's what the Bible says, so I'll claim that. Promise. You want to live a long life? You want to live a long life? And a joyful life. Honor your father. That goes for yourself. You know, a lot of times we shame ourselves. Our children aren't doing well. As you know, and then we beat ourselves up. There's there's not the perfect father. There's only one. That's our heavenly father. So let's look at Luke 15. I've all kinds of time. I'm trying to go fast here, and I've got all this time. Started <laughs> I started it. I just started it. <laughs> okay, Luke uh, 15, we all know it, the prodigal son. Yeah, <laughs> funny thing, <laughs> in pre prayer this morning, right, I mean, three different people prayed, and they, I go, man, you... You did my sermon. Why don't just all three of you get up and share? Because that was my sermon. It's love to be. It's good to be in a prophetic church where people hear from the Lord, and then you, who are preaching, you get confirmation. Yeah. It's wonderful. So one of the prayers was in the, had to do with the prodigal son. Verse twenty, Luke. Watch oh, You're head of the game. That's good. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with what? Anger, Anger, you rotten kid, where you been with whores and everything else. You know, you spent all your money. No, he didn't say that. My Bible says he was filled with compassion. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. So when his son was a long ways off, he ran to his son. Why, why did he run to his son a long ways off? I heard a preacher um, preach on this years ago. I'm going I'm to steal it from him. He was outrunning the law. Because the law said if your kid's all messed up, stone him. So he didn't want the elders to get him. So he outran the law, which is the New Testament. Outran the law. And what? Kissed them, Compassion. The son said to his father, I've sinned against heaven against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father said, yeah, you rotten kid. You have been rotten. No, he didn't say that. Father says, hey, I got an idea. (laughs) Let's get the best robe out. (laughs) Let's put a ring on his finger. Let's put, hey, man, you know what? I like the party. I love the party. First miracle Jesus did was at a wedding, a party. Didn't have enough wine. Get some more. Get the best wine. God's thinking is different. He likes the party, and, and if you look at Luke fifteen ten, it says uh, every time a sinner repents, there's uh, in the presence of the angels, there's what rejoicing. How many sinners repent every day? I mean, what's going to happen in heaven? You're going to be dancing all the time. Maybe I can learn an instrument there. I'm terrible at instruments, but maybe Mark can teach me in heaven, you know, how to play guitar. What do you think? Mark? Don't yeah what's eternity to a thousand years it's only one day the bible says one day to a thousand years so he he ran to him and and, and uh, had compassion on him this is the father this is this is the father's love that he had for his son isn't that wonderful and and we think all he thinks about is bad thoughts towards us the holy spirit doesn't have he didn't have bad thoughts to my heathen father that was a was an alcoholic. He had good thoughts towards my dad, who wasn't even saved. And he put those thoughts in mine. He said, Remember, he put the basketball hoop, we took your honey, which, you know, all the good thoughts. The things that are lovely, the good things that are good report. Think about those things. Not your uh, fathers, don't be dwelling on your failures. I mean, if we all got failures. It's not going to help you. Right? It's not going to help you. God wants to honor you and value you today. God wants to take the shame off you. Uh, I talked to my middle son. I have three sons. and My middle son is... Um, uh, he, he used to go to uh, Mexico. We have a mission station there. In fact, uh, some of you are—we're all going to go someday, soon. And I heard—I heard that. Yay! <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and uh, and uh, anyway, my my middle son. I remember he used to go when he was 15, 16. He used to build. You know, we were building a cafeteria. He'd be in there and build a house for one of the pastors. He'd be in there. And I remember the Holy Spirit just falling on Josh. I mean, just. Man, the presence of God just in Mexico with the pastors praying for him and stuff. Josh had a, seemed you know was was sensitive towards the Lord in his teenage years. Well, he got off, you know, and he got into, he was a he was a great boxer. So he got into boxing in a place in Oakland called King's Gym. And he got really good at it, but he didn't want to go pro. So then he got into MMA, and then he got he's got his black belt in jujitsu. And and you know he was that was his thing. So you know when we get together, he's always been a good son. He you know you know he always treated me well. I I have no I had no problems with Josh. Real quiet, kind of shy, you know, kid. And I you know I go and I'd watch MMA with him and stuff because I enjoyed it. And um, and so you know we 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 have a good relationship. And um, and uh, but his relationship with the Lord. Wasn't really there. You know, he wasn't going to church, and I mean, he he would never deny Jesus. He'd pray. You know, when we prayed over the food and stuff like that, but he wasn't. He had no desire, or hunger for the Lord. And uh, so, a couple months ago, what happened to him was he was uh, he, he he was working in a, a base in Washington where they make nuclear subs. I forgot the name of the base. What is it? banger oh oh com- banger yeah i think that was it and and anyway they make nuclear subs so he 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 does um um what do they call them huh? welding and but the which, oh overhead cranes <coughs> i couldn't even remember that overhead cranes and he was welding and uh and stuff and so he, but he was on this job and sometimes he's been here uh, working with the navy and stuff he loved San Diego. And uh, and um, so anyway, he he was there welding, and he was there for a month. He was only supposed to be there for a month, and it turned out to be two months. And then, then he had to be over the job, and he, he doesn't want to be over the job. He had all that pressure on him. So he's staying in this hotel. And in this hotel, nobody knows. He's under all this pressure. Gets down on his knees and begins to cry out to God, help, help. You know, cry out to the Lord falls on him. And, and he's staying at this hotel. He comes out of the hotel room right after this experience. And he runs into a Nigerian pastor right there in the hallway. His name's Sam, Pastor Sam. And all of a sudden, Sam starts witnessing, sharing with him. They have a service at his hotel every Sunday. So Sam takes him under his wing, has him come over, disciples him, baptizes him. And while they have baptism after service, uh, they were baptizing three or four people and baptized uh, Josh and now Josh is on fire for the Lord. I mean, I, I didn't do anything. It was just like a surprise, you know? And, 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 and. The, <laughs> God is full of surprises. You know? I mean, isn't He? Yes, my, my sense from the Lord, this is a little bit off my subject, but my sense from the Lord is, is God's going to move in a way like He did in the Jesus movement. Different, but there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon this next generation. I believe that. I sense that. I've heard other, you know, prophetic people and people that I trust say that also. Maybe a little bit. Real. The last real move of God I saw was in the Jesus movement. I don't know if it's some of you were anybody saving the Jesus movement here. Anybody that old? Oh, I mean, no. I mean, that young. <laughs> And and uh, and I believe that's coming again. So these are little signs. My uh, The guy that uh, Mark Marcus met, uh, uh, a friend of mine, Greg, he said, he led me to the Lord back. He got saved in 68. I got saved in the early part of 71. He led me to the Lord and discipled me. He, he used LSD so much as mine was gone, and the Lord told him, hey, just... Just read the Bible, this Christian couple took him in. Just read the Bible every day. He read it for eight to 10 hours a day. Doctors gave up hope on him, and after a year, was, mind was totally healed. and he memorized a lot of scripture, too. So, so he became one of the teachers in the church, but he had, you know, his, his wife left him, and some bad things happened, and then he, but slowly he backslid. So he's been backslidden now for about 14 years or so, 14 years. And uh, all of a sudden, he's there minding his own business in his house, drinking two six-packs of beer or whatever he was. He was a total drunk. And and all of a sudden, the Lord falls on him and says, you don't have to do this anymore. He's looking around. What do you mean I don't, you don't have to do it anymore? He says, oh, okay. So he quit. <laughs> and so the next day, he's smoking and doing, you know. And he says, you don't have to do this anymore. So he quit. And, and then he... You know, I found out a few days later, he calls me up. He says, I'm on fire for the Lord. And, and the guy's witnessing to everybody that moves. It's like he's in the Jesus movement. He's discipling people. He's doing all the, you know. So what does he do? He, he finds out Josh. What happened to Josh? Well, Josh came back from uh, last week. Uh, from, uh, you know, from his job, and he's back home now. He grabs Josh. He's discipling Josh now. (laughs) so my son. So I'm not there to disciple him. He is, you know. So so you can just see, you know, there's a little signpost of revival that's coming, Mark. You're right. It's coming. It's coming. And we need to be prepared for it. One way we need to be prepared for it. uh, Let me see where I'm at here. Oh, I got plenty of time. John comes to me he says now what 30 minutes 30 minutes but I'm a hypocrite and when it comes to 30 minutes and I says oh you're a hypocrite well, that means I can be a hypocrite I can follow the leader be a hypocrite together and he says he says oh, okay I'll give you 5 minutes 35 minutes I go oh thanks so I put 35 in there <laughs> so I'm still okay but of course I started late I pressed that button late I don't know how late I was but um the last scripture I had here was 1 Corinthians what is it? I had notes do you have it there? oh yeah 1 Corinthians 4.15 it says even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ you do not have many fathers for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel and I kind of want to close with this is because some of you are fathers. Not only natural fathers, but spiritual fathers. And if there's going to be a whole generation that's going to come, we need fathers. And and even in Paul's time, there wasn't many fathers. What happened with us in the Jesus movement, we came in, you know, my beard was here, my hair was down to here, all bell-bottoms, you know. and I mean, we were just kind of wild hippie. Biker type of people, and so when we come into church, you know, people would go. You know, some churches cut your hair, cut your beard, wear different clothes, do this. You know, don't play drums. Don't we don't want any electric guitars. Pretty soon we were. You know, so we started our own hippie church. You know, and it was wild. And but we didn't have fathers, so it kind of got off. You know, and the rest, because in the Jesus movement we didn't have many. Fathers. This movement I believe God's raising up fathers. I believe in this church there's fathers that are gonna disciple people and that are gonna lay down their life for others. Because it's gonna take time, take energy, it's gonna, you know, but but the joy that's gonna have. As, as, as this inflow and sons and daughters of God begin to come in, it's going to breathe the joy of your life being a father or maybe a grandfather. You know, I have sons in, in Africa. I put them on our website there. And, and uh, these, some, some of these sons I ordained, one of them has 65 churches. The other one has 70 churches. And they call me Papa. And I go, they've done 100 times more than I could ever do. But they call me Papa. And what a joy it is to be a father. What a joy it is to, to have sons and daughters. What a joy it is. I talked to my son Josh yesterday because he was going to come to the service, but he just couldn't make it. You know, he's going to fly here, and, but he couldn't make it. I, I said, to Josh, okay, if I share your testimony. He says, oh, yeah, yeah. What a, what a joy it is to see my son. I'm talking about the book of Acts with him. And I go, is this Josh? <laughs> suddenly. God has suddenlies. And he does what he wants, when he wants. His thoughts are not yours. Isaiah 55, I think it is. His, his thoughts are not yours. His ways are not yours. He does things just different, right? And he comes with surprises. And he comes with suddenlies. He's, you know, he's beginning to show me these surprises and suddenlies we used to see him a lot in the Jesus movement, all these strange things, miracles and things that happen, you know, and, you know, demons being cast. I used to cast a lot of demons out of people and watch them crawl like snakes and cast them out. Old friends of mine I grew up with, you know, that were drug addicts and demons would scream out of power. All those signs and wonders, supernatural. It's coming. Mark's book is preparing the way. It's a preparation book to prepare the way for us what's coming. Because it's coming. God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your old men will dream dreams. Mark is going to dream a lot of dreams. And I'm going to have a lot of vision. Young men have vision. Old men dream dreams. <laughs> Isn't that true? Old men dream. That's what the Bible says. And I'm still young. He's old. He's old. Anytime he'd come to our church, he'd always put me down. So I get the, I get the pick on, I get the pick on. It's true. He, he just, he's just brutal. Plus he's a lawyer. Plus he's a lawyer, so he knows how to do it really much better than me. I'm just a preacher, you know. <laughs> so, all right. I think I'm done. Yeah, it's been 35. I think 35. Uh, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like your (laughs) past. Don't be a fault finder now. I disobey. I did praise you earlier being a great father. I'll I'll get back to that. You're a great father. Great father to this house. You know, I'm here because you got good leadership here. You got sound doctrine here. And you're open to the moving of the Holy Spirit. April and I are here because of that. You know, God let us here. Believe me. There was other places we were, supposed, we were thinking of going and the rest, and God let us here. I believe in this, even this area, San Diego, God's going to move by your spirit. Amen. Can we Thanks. honor Pastor John as the father of this house? And, and as the mother of this house, come on. Amen. You want... What do you want to? All right. I'm going to pray for dads. Why don't all the dads stand up? Thank you, Lord. Lord, uh, this morning we honor, we obey truth. Your word is true. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you may live long upon the earth. We thank you, Lord, for not only those that are standing here that are natural fathers, but also spiritual fathers that are in this house. I pray for each one, Lord, that you would strengthen them, even through this word, that you would renew their minds. And Lord, faith would arise, even if some have backslidden children, faith would arise from this message, God, to keep believing, knowing that you are in control. Our children. Uh, You're moving by your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for fathers that have laid down their life for their children. And Lord, I pray you would reward them today with your presence. You'd reward them today with great strength and power. You'd reward them today to know how the Holy Spirit thinks about them. Lovely, good report, excellent. The excellence of fathers that are in this house. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Protect their minds, God. Let the whole armor of God be put, put on, Lord. The helmet of salvation to protect their minds. The breastplate of righteousness to protect them from the, all the fiery darts and the, and the shield of faith that stops the darts. Thank you, Father, for shoes, God, that will proclaim the gospel and watch a whole new generation come in. Lord, we're standing today as fathers, fathers for natural children, but also the fathers for spiritual children that you're going to bring into this house. And you're going to pour out your spirit upon this nation again because we, as a nation, celebrate Father's Day. In Jesus' name. Amen. God
0: bless you. How many of you are glad that Dennis and April aren't just passing through, but they're part of this house? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, as uh, you were preaching, Dennis, I was about the spiritual fathers, I was thinking, any sons and daughters that come to this house, there are they're gonna be fathered. We have so many fathers in this house that are real fathers, encouragers, oh, so that want to lift young men and women up, not put them down. So Lord, draw them from the north, south, east, and west, so this generation can be healed, not, not end up being a mess like Dennis was in the Jesus movement, all of his hippie friends that, that drove it off the cliff, trying to get that movement back, Amen amen well hey let's uh, let's all stand um uh, if you have not gone through the uh one-on-one the getting to know the gathering place first base um be sure to let me know if you would before you leave today uh the Kane family right here is going to be hosting in their home thanks you guys so much for hosting our one-on-one next sunday after church from one to four but uh they need to know how much food and all that but um so let me know if you are going to be attending that so Amen. Lord, thank you for this precious congregation. Thank you for all these sons and daughters of yours. All those that are online right now, Lord. I bless them in your mighty name. Father, I pray more than anything else. There we go. Dennis. <laughs> this time went on. I pray more than anything else, Lord, that your fatherhood would be a lot clearer in our minds of who you really are and what a great dad you are. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to have the prayer teams come up. Some of you might need some prayer, especially over the things preached today. You might need some prayer. Come on up. And, uh, and they'll be doing some prophetic stuff for you. Maybe some stuff will come up like, like Dennis has been talking. If you need prayer for anything, come up front. Uh, prayer teams, Dennis and April and others, come on up here and let's get ready to pray for people. Otherwise, God bless you. Have a great day and we will see you next Sunday.